Welcome to the We Are Talking podcast. My name is Craig Malonso, host of the show. My partner, uh, Josh Jagno, is off today, so it'll just be myself. And today we have Brad Topham, play-by-play announcer for the Raging Cajun Baseball. Brad, how are we doing today? I'm well, sitting in a hotel room waiting on the rain to stop so we can play baseball. So it's raining there right now. I was wondering about what was what was going on with the weather and why the, the 630 game. I understand, you know, if it was Friday night or Saturday night, but right. with a doubleheader tomorrow, that, that just seemed very, very odd to me. So, well, we're going to be playing seven, well, three games in less than 24 hours. When you look at the clock by playing, uh, I'm guessing the field's that wet, man. I, I really am. The only reason we would wait till three, 630 on a Sunday night, it's not attendance. It's got to be. They're worried about the uh, the wet field. So how is the weather right now, though? What's it looking like? Well, we had a lot of sun till about one, and then all of a sudden it's cloudy and windy. So the wind's good. The wind will help it drain, but we should be fine. It's just going to be an overcast day, so there's not going to be a whole lot of sun to dry it, but maybe the wind will help. Yeah, wind is always good when you're dealing with rain. So in uh, trying to dry a baseball field, I know some people uh, are not fond of the turf at, at Russo Park, but it's days like this that you wish you had it yeah. everywhere. And uh, I'm I'm kind of a a baseball purist and not not necessarily a fan of the turf, but 75 percent there now. And uh, same thing with the aluminum bat. So, but that's for a whole nother discussion there. Yeah, you're not getting so, wood. Forget that. Yep, you I know. To- Tony and I had a discussion about that ten years ago, probably, and he said, yeah. he said if I could afford wooden bats, we'd be using them. He said, right. but it's just not cost effective for college baseball. Which, and that's uh, the only reason. Yeah, that's the only reason you're not having it's money. Yeah. Well, the, you know, you know, the, the thing is, I know this is not what we're here to talk about, but the only, the only reason uh, I'm a dislike of the aluminum bat is that annoying ping, which I think they've done a very good job of deadening that sound, I guess, to where it's not as noticeable or either that. The last 10 years being back in Lafayette and watching Raging Cajun baseball, it doesn't annoy me as much. So, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. So, well, let's talk uh, about uh, South Alabama and uh, the, the Cajuns. What are you looking at this weekend? What do you think is going to happen? Where do you see, where, where are the strengths? Obviously, the strengths of both, uh, both organizations or both teams is going to be the pitching staff. Yeah. But, um, what, what's your thoughts? Where, where, what, what are we going to see? Or what do you hope yeah. to see? I'm seeing a team that's struggling since conference started, whether it's regular season or, post or conference games. Their numbers are struggling. And what I'm worried about is a lot of these guys, when you really track their stats, they'll go over, they'll go over, and then it's three for five with four RBIs. They'll have random big games mixed in multiple bad games, and they're inconsistent on who has those games. So if the right guy is coming up with men on base, you can get in trouble fast where they can have five hits and have six runs because they've got some, a lot of games like that they've won, their hits and runs are equal. So basically they're getting hits when it matters as opposed to just getting hits in general. That's number one. And number two, look, they, they pitch well. They, they do. And their top guys out the pin, they got three or four of them that have thrown quite a few games, got ERA three and below. And you know that if you have an ERA out of the pin of three, that's good because it only has what one bad outing where you give up two runs and get one out and your ERA skyrockets. So yeah, there's, they've got about four or five good arms in the pen plus good starters. And the guy that's throwing tonight, I'm assuming he's still starting Jeremy Lee. I mean, guy's got 54 strikeouts and eight walks. So he's not giving you anything. 
Yeah, and and the Cajuns have taken a lot of advantage of the, of the free bases and and been bit by the free bases. So bad, bad. So, but uh, you know, you know, you brought up the uh, the pen and um, and the ERA and a pen, and you know, twenty five years with Coach Robe's show, Coach Robe, and, and one thing that I I I don't remember him saying, but uh, I'm I'm sure he must have mentioned it somewhere along the way, but it is about the one bad outing. And Coach Steggs brought that up to me earlier this year. He goes, you know, you got you can't look at a a, a reliever's ERA because you never know what's going to happen there. You have to look right. at it at, at by appearance. So if he has one bad appearance, two bad appearance, you know, obviously that's going to skew the numbers horribly. So, and uh, and for a lot of us, it's what what have you done for me lately? So yep. let's let, let's look at look at those last two or three appearances, or even the last one. So what kind of mindset are they bringing into the game? So glad you brought that up, though. Um, uh, pitching dominance on both, you know, there's, there's one thing that, uh, I found, uh, for me, uh, I guess kind of an amazing stat. If you, if you told me that South Alabama had a 178 batting average over the last 11 games, yeah, I wouldn't say their record would be seven and four. I might say it's four and seven. But seven four in record with a one seventy eight batting average. I mean, what do you think's going on there? Is that just is that get guys getting on bases and like you said, going three for five and then being able to knock that run in? Are are they hitting well with men in scoring position over that time period? I mean, what do you, I, I guess that has to be the, the the numbers. But at the same time, like we like we talked about the dominance of the pitching. I mean, uh, you know. But I don't remember a lot of one one o games or two o games. No. So. Well, for starters, you've walked thirty three people in conference in almost eighty innings, right? So you're not giving them a lot of free bases. You made two errors in conference. They're filled in nine ninety four in conference. You've only they teams have only now this has got to be a pitching staff thing. Four they've only attempted six stolen bases in nine games. So no free no extra bases no no walks or singles turn into doubles. We're not giving you free bases. And when you put those two numbers in, you get a hit when it counts, you're good. And I mean, and that's what they've been doing. They're getting timely hits. They're not necessarily getting good hits, but you're right. Their batting average is atrocious. I've never seen a South Isle team with a batting average like that. Or like you said, a team that's seven and four hitting under 200. That's yeah, the, amazing. South Alabama has always been strong in the pitching. pitching, And, and I mean, they've been at the top of the, of the league in uh, hitting. Uh, I'm glad that we're, we're back to playing them every year. Even the, yeah. the, the, even the off year that we had, we were able to schedule a non-conference. Um, so, but who, who is, who are we looking at on their side? All right. We, we've talked about the pitching a little bit, but who are we looking at on the, on the hitting side that may be uh, their strength oh, right now? That's Zach Will, um, Wilson, the outfielder. Let me give you, I almost said Ethan Wilson. This is a kid that at Russo, um, Scott Boris sent a rep to watch him play against us because, you know, uh, Boris recruits clients. Clients don't recruit Boris, you know, yep. he finds who he wants. So that kid's been a stud. Basically he walked in, was anointed the next Travis Swaggerty. And so far he's, he's actually doing it pretty good because he's a guy that fills up the stat sheet, like eight doubles, five triples, seven homers. So if you're looking for a guy that we don't let beat us, it's him. Um, now what's interesting, he's hitting 270 against righties. He's hitting 500 against lefties. But when I dig through their stats, they don't have a lot of it. Nobody has it. You know, on the season, I even that was one of the things I was looking at. 
on the season, they've had almost a thousand ABs, 230 against lefties. So they should struggle. Austin, I, I don't know how you match them up because some guys have really good numbers. But how do you match up a team that hadn't faced lefties? Do you throw the lefty or is it they're really good against lefties? You know, it's such a small sample size, tally, pair, and how they match up kind of thing. Well, and, and that and that's that's the interesting part to me because I really felt like that uh, Austin Perrin has done a good job and 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 might might get that starting game three. I think we're pretty tied into uh, uh, Spencer Arigetti and and Connor Cook on on yeah. on the first two games going forward, even from here yeah. on out. Uh, but that that third pitcher is going to be interesting. Uh, does Carter Robinson come back into the fold uh, sometime this weekend? Um, or Dirk? Yeah, Dirk. Um, Dirk is another one that you know that, that seems to be throwing strikes again, and uh, and hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully, it's not a mental mental issue, and he can come back strong. Yeah, well, he threw well. I mean, look, you figure Dirk is a guy that's used to starting, so this pin stuff is new, and if he's worth his salt, he doesn't like it most likely to be. And so I'm pretty positive. He wants to be a starter. The kid doesn't want to go to the pin. And, and look, even if outside of college, you know, your value, your best value is to be a starter coming out of high school, out of college to for your draft prospects. So you want to get back in that starting rotation. And honestly, look, he gives us something different. He's on top of everything and everything downhill. Spencer, think about Spencer's arm slide. He's coming right at the hitter. He's not on top of the hitter coming downhill. Connor Cook is coming right at the hitter. That's why Cook was so very effective with his changeup because he's coming right at the hitter. It's in your direct line of sight. It's not throwing going downhill. So it's a very different viewpoint. So basically getting Dirk and David Christie in the game. And when you look at the righties in Arigetti and Cook, it's like almost like bringing a lefty in. The arm slot's completely different. The action on the ball is completely different. And it makes a big, big I'm hoping it makes a big difference in their, in their view. You, know, you, 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 you talked about the arm slot, which I'm, uh, never had really thought of. I mean, uh, going back again to Coach Rope, he talked about how in fielding, you're, he wanted the guy to kind of not necessarily make a circle, but he you don't want the ball coming straight at you because your depth right. perception is horrible. So yeah. I, I and and I can see where the same thing where it would happen there as a hitter. You're not going to be able to judge that ball and the distance from it. Whereas a different arm slot may be able. To, that's why you're going to hit better against some pitchers versus others, even though they may have a very similar uh, curveball and a very similar fastball or, or the same pitches, how they come mm -hmm. at you is going to be the, so that's, that's well, great. Think about Wyatt. Wyatt was six, three, right? Well, Dirk's only six, two. Wyatt, I don't want to use the word collapse, but he dropped and drove a little bit, you know, and Wyatt came right at you and everything was in Tony. You like to use that word tunnel, right? Everything's in the same tunnel. And then one kept going and one bottom fell out. Well, Dirk is on top of everything, yet he's an inch shorter. So arm slots matter and how you pick the ball up, where you're looking and the action of the ball. That's why coaches, they bring in, even they're bringing a sidearm guy or, or just something, change the arm slot. You could have a guy, you know, not pitching bad, but things aren't going right. Just change their viewpoint. So, you know, Dirk, Christie, they get on top of the ball and literally meaning they get their fingers above the baseball, throwing it downhill. Everything's coming downhill at you. So it's hard to lay off some of that stuff. Uh, ULM game. I don't know if you got to, you can get to see it. Well, I don't think it was on TV, but ULM game, David Christie, he, everything was just falling or stayed flat on that train. And again, that's that on top viewpoint. So I think it's good. Like I'll give you the best example. I don't like uh, Arigetti Nelson back to back. 
I feel like they're very similar in where the ball's coming from. There's a comfort level, if you know what I mean. Yep. I'm not I'm not uncomfortable in the box. Like I'm not a proponent of hitting people, but you know, Ronald Acuna is red hot the Atlanta Braves. You got to move his feet. If you don't, he's going to destroy the outside part of the plate. So you have to move his feet. Well, if the arm slots similar places, if the slider breaks similarly, I'm comfortable. I'll find you faster. I I think that's a a, a great point because uh, I, I'm I'm a proponent. I'm not 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 a proponent of, but at the same time. I'm not worried about a pitcher hitting a batter because I think there's, right. there's times that you have to throw inside and you have to command that your the plate is yours. It's not for the hitter. It's yours as a pitcher and you, you right. need to take the dominance. It, it's again, it goes back to the base on balls. I, I walking and especially a four pitch walk is, is just, uh, is mind blown, but we got to understand that the, the hitter gets to hit too and, and everything. So, but, uh, Taking 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 the ball to the batter, I love it and I love the way Aaron Getty does it. Let's talk about his yeah. his last outing real quick, though. I mean, I I keep hearing the things that are things like, well, it wasn't what what I guess it wasn't typical Spencer Aaron Getty, but at the same time, maybe what he did the fir- his first four or five outings wasn't typical Aaron Getty coming in. Honestly, we weren't expecting that out of him. Right. Look, I'm sorry. I don't think if you have an ERA under one, you have to pitch two games where one of them is a one of them you give up no runs, whether it's a shutout, six innings, whatever it is. And the other one, you only give up one to have an ERA below one. You got to get more than nine innings and only one and run. That's not realistic. Gunnar Leger's most the most phenomenal statistical season I've seen and I've looked up in the last 40 years, as far as ERA is Gunner, 197. That is really, really hard to do. So honestly, for me, two runs over seven is about what I'm expecting as a year goes on. Because remember, you know what we have from now on? You have tape. Now yep. you can see everything. You have tendencies. So get this. Um, talk to the media guys after Cook's outing. They told they were so upset because they told the hitters, when Cook gets a hit, He's going to throw more off speed than hard stuff. And we were swinging out of our shoes. They said post game, when they talked to the hitters, they said cook through 51 pitches up in the count, 41 were off speed, but yet we're still swinging like it's a fastball. So they knew coming in. Now look, it's a lot easier to say it and not, and then do it. I agree. But I think you get a better book and look what they do to Spencer. They started, I think in four innings, three of the innings, he gave up a first pitch of the inning fastball for a base hit. Because what's he doing? He is throwing a fastball first pitch, and they jumped on it. So the book gets out on guys. I, I, look, man, to keep people down the way he was, that's just not realistic to me long term. Well, I, I think, too, and, um, and I, I'm not criticizing the umpires right here when I say this. Uh, uh, I, through, through the, as you know, the last couple of weeks, I haven't been able to make the games, right. and I've been able to watch them, but I've been able to watch them and listen to you and Jay. And I find that um, I thought the umpires on, on Friday nights for the last three or four weeks have been been a little stingy with strikes calls. But yes. at the same time, they were they were it was on both teams. It wasn't like they were giving. Oh, it's not one sided. No. Yeah. So I so I mean, you can't you can't blame the umpire. And once you know the zone, uh, you have to you have to pitch to that zone. So uh, the guys, the guys knew what they were getting into. And uh, hopefully t- tonight. um if we get open up the zone a little bit, but at the same time, uh, 
when we're batting. I hope it's closed. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you this, and I think this is a fair way to look at it. If you're not going to give me the bottom of the knee or the knee, then you have to give me the top of the bottom of the rib cage. If you're not going to give me the corners, if you're not giving me the edge, then you need to give me the knee. You know, you need to give something. These aren't professional pitchers. And when you turn a guy like Spencer Arigetti into a guy who has to throw the ball down the middle and get a strike, you know what I mean? I think you're messing the game up. I just want to see an umpire give me something. We're hey, The strike zone, the ball in the corner, you're getting the call. Ball at the knee, it's got to be above the knee. I'm not giving you the bottom. Things like that. You know, and I, that's the only thing I didn't like about the umpires. Like, there was nothing. The top wasn't there. The bottom wasn't there. The corners weren't there. And that makes it rough. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Home plate 17 inches. Yep, I believe and the blacks a half inch on each side, right? Okay. That's where the so, comes from. Okay. So if you've got the eight, eight, 17, 18 inches, uh, let's yep. not have the strike zone at 11 or 12. Let's. Uh... Yeah, well, the bottom line is if part of the ball, if the inside part of the ball catches the outside part of the plate, that counts. Yep. So normally, but you weren't getting that. that. And that's kind of what I'm getting at about. That's why you hear about the term, the black. Because the heart of the ball is over the black, that means the inside part of the ball is touching the strike zone. So, and the reason I say the word bottom of the knee, well, the ball at the bottom of the knee means it's touching the, the top of the ball, touching the bottom of the zone. So that, that's where my, my phrases are coming from, meaning it does technically touch it, but you, you want to give a pitcher an ability to get somebody out. I'm giving you a place you can throw the ball consistently and get out. It's your job to get it there. And I just thought, I don't want him to see him too tight, but hey, Dex took the high road post game. He, he said, oh no, he, he was doing a good job. He took the high road post game. I didn't. Yeah. Um, which, you know, when your comment to him, I was listening to post game. And when he said that, I was going like, I was a little taken back by it, but Hey, yeah. you know, but I, I think a lot of that, like, like he said, he's known that umpire for a long time and he's yeah. done a good job. And, and every, just like our hitters are going to have a, an off night, our pitchers and uh, an umpire. And again, to be fair, he was consistent on both sides of the ball, which you can't, you really can't ask for anything else. Yeah. For consistent. But I, I just, again, you saw Eric Getty, I, I don't want to see a seven to four ball game on a Friday night where the, the, the two starting pitchers are giving up a ton of hits or three, one counts. And it's not good baseball. You're going to see that by the time the weekend's over Friday night. I want to let the guys that dominate have the chance to dominate. And look, we're going to see one. Jeremy Lee has got a chance to dominate us tonight. Let him give him that edge. Let him piss like pros. Yeah. When you look at the, the matchup here, uh, Aaron Getty with the, the 1.37 ERA and Jeremy Lee with a 3.51, Again, um, oh, messed up some numbers there on something I did, so uh, I'll have to get back on that one. But the uh, there, there, it, it's interesting to you know they're both with about the same. Aaron Getty's got five more innings, um, but the it's the walks. Yeah, I'm looking. So you at get the, eight walks, eight walks, and eight starts. Seriously. That, yeah. That's impressive, you know, and he's a freshman. That's what's crazy. But, wow. I mean, he's had – he got – but, again, it goes to show you. So, against Troy, no earned runs, six inning shutout. Against Little Rock, he got shelled, five earned runs. But none of his games have walked. He got one game, he walked four people. His first three times out, he didn't walk anybody. So, I mean, they got – look, against Southern Miss, seven innings, eight Ks of, of shutout ball against Southern Miss. Uh, I, he, he's got some ability, but wow. we'll have to see. I just, yeah. it's, it's the walks that he don't give anything away. I guess that's what I should be saying. He doesn't give you anything. 
and their defense isn't making errors. So if he's not going to walk you, you're not going to make errors. I know I've heard you use them. The num statistical numbers of getting multiple hits in the inning is very difficult. You know, so we're going to have to earn it, and that's why you're going to have to win four to two. You can't give up. You know, when somebody doesn't have any walks or any errors, you, you better get it. Well, my hope was, uh, and I haven't finished this, but I've, I've gone back and looked at every game, and um, on, on the number of times that we steal a base versus just getting a hit and staying on first or, or, or even multiple hits, uh, the numbers uh, so far have bared out that by stealing a base, we, we score – we score more often just than getting back-to-back -back hits yeah. even because well, you put in a, you're in scoring position an error now scores you you know well that and i think you know even when you're when you when you open up first base and you've got a guy at second and not first base uh it it puts a little relief on the on the hitter that so he's not worried about hitting into a double play and again like you said the the wild pitch comes into play the ball comes into play um, the long fly ball, moving moving the runner over, all those things come into play. Whereas if you're sitting at first base, that long fly ball, you may not get to second even on on that. So, right, um, depending on where the ball's hit and what part of the uh, the stadium. So, but um, what what? I mean, I know Ben Fitzgerald is 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 been playing hurt, but I mean, just looking at at his numbers are. You know, 350 batting average, uh, 1.203 OPS. I mean, can he keep that up for, you know? Yeah, uh, Ben, let me tell you something. Ben has a swing. Okay, look. So look at the guys at the top of that list that have gotten a lot of at-bats. Rockefort, it's easy. Watch Rockefort's front shoulder when he starts to swing. If he lets the ball travel, he's great. When he was red hot at the beginning of the year, if you remember, his spray chart was an actual spray chart. It was everywhere. He goes to ULM and Coastal when he got the went eight for nine to start the week, all he hits were full side. Nothing was opposite field. Then what happened? They ate him up away. You look at Connor Kemple. He's figuring it out now. And he's starting to use all fields. Tyler Robertson is what Tyler Robinson is. It's a violent swing like Connor's. Watch Ben's swing. It's not violent. It's not, it's very repeatable. And to use a Chris Bryan analogy, he said the reason he doesn't do much at six foot five is the longer you are, the more things you have to break down. Even though Fitzgerald's nowhere near six five, if you watch him, there's not, he doesn't do much. So where can the bad mechanics come from? Where can the bad timing come from? Um, often I've noticed when you see him have a bad game, you find out his hamstring was bugging him or the next game he sits out or you can tell. But no, I think Ben is a guy that's got a great chance to stay where he's at because he can repeat his mechanics and not have a whole lot of breakdown in the process. And by the way, if Kemple and Robertson keep hitting like they are, who, who are you going to avoid? Yeah. Because you know? Robertson, we see – look, have you seen Robertson not have a fastball he couldn't yank? Well, that's what I was about to, to ask you is let's, let's talk about uh, Robinson's swing because uh, I think there was uh, the fair foul ball also in one of the games that uh, I'm still not sure – uh, whether it was fair or foul anyway, but we would have brought in two more runs. But let's talk uh, – he, he's got a uh, a violent swing, but it's it, it's controlled, and it, and it goes back to, like you said, when you're talking about a guy that is that tall and has got arms the way he does, 
everything from the arms, the elbow flying out, the, the, the wrist cocked the wrong way, or the wrist not stiff. And I mean, there are so many things mechanically that can break down for him. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with a 292 batting average right now, uh, almost two thirds of the way through the season. So, oh, this was after Sunday. Um, since they moved Connor to the leadoff spot and him to the three hole, those two combined. Connor's hitting 333, 411 on base. Robertson is hitting 400 with a 455 on base. And he's on a seven game hitting streak. But again, it, it's he, this is what's crazy. The home run he hit that was a missile on a pitch in that he got his hands inside of it. Half the time that ball's on a tennis court on a missile. You know, it, it's almost like he gets, it's like a kid that gets excited about candy. He just jumps on that fastball when he sees it. I understand why Dag says that kid's got a chance to play for 10 years because if he learns to keep his hands back, nobody can throw the ball by him. His arms, he's so strong, but you saw what they were getting him on. He pulls that fastball. What do they do? They throw yep. the curveball away. Yep. What's he done in this streak? He's got three bunt base hits. Of those 12 hits, three bunts. Three. So you want to play back? Okay, I'm going to drag for a hit. And that's that's the offense of Matt Deggs, long and short, long and short. But Deggs said it once, he is what he is. You know, don't try and change him. He's just going to be aggressive. He is, he is what he is. But I've noticed Connor's gotten calm in the leadoff spot. And I've even noticed that T-Rob has taken more pitches in the three-hole. So sometimes mentality matters too. Well, I, th I think the nice part about it is that he's got 13 multi-hit games to go along with Memphis Gerald's 10. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, those guys right there are, are, are raking and hitting and, and doing everything we need them to do. Um, so, I, you know, one that um, I won't say surprises me, but uh, that's been kind of, I guess, up or down. And uh, it, it's been basically the righty-lefty matchup which I understand the numbers and, and talking about that. But uh, let's talk Brennan Bro for a second here. You know, he's, he's got a 268 batting average, which, which is low for him. Uh, but I think that's that part of that comes from not playing every day. Right. And then the, sev the 722 OPS, but at the same time, he's got the longest hitting streak on, on the team right now with eight games. So he's been, he's been able to find a way to get a hit, to get on base and to do what we need to do. And uh, I, 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 I hate to say a pleasant surprise because he's not I, the only reason I think it's a surprise because yeah, yeah. he's not playing every day. If he was playing every day, right. you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think twice about it. Oh, it's just Brennan. Yeah. And well, one of the things you've noticed with Brennan is um, there's a simple terminology that I use a lot. Let the ball travel. Brennan was going out and trying to jump on pitches a little too early. He was getting a little, he wasn't letting things get to him. And when he did, he started to find a rhythm and it's not a coincidence. Like you said, we started seeing a bunch of right-handed starting pitching. So Brennan Bro started getting a bunch of consecutive games played. He's getting into a rhythm. I mean, Brennan's not a guy that's been in and out of the lineup. It, it, that's an adjustment him as a, as a baseball player, you know, his whole life. Either he went from being a defensive replacement at LSU to redshirting and sitting out a year to pretty much playing about every day, you know. So him going back and forth is a little tougher. But and you worry at a certain point it can be mental about lefties. I, he thinks he can hit lefties. He and I have talked. But – you know, you're going to play the percentages when you have a bench. You know, I, I, I hate to, to keep bringing up coach Rowe, but it's one of those things that, uh, you know, because we both you and I have spent a lot of time with him, you more than me because of playing with him. But at the same time, just listening to him talk and through the years, he talked about the game paying you back 
And I think that's right. what's happening to Brennan right now. He's, he, he's, you know, he's in his 16th year. No, a six year, it seems like, but uh, the game is paying him back right now. And, and that's good to see for anybody, especially a Cajun player. So. Oh, uh, so we talked about Ethan Wilson, um, Michael Sandal, Sandal and, yep. and, and Cam- Cameron Tissue seem to be two guys that are that are at the top of their list too, but not what you would call uh, Tissue is is not a is not a not a power hitter, and and actually, if you look at his numbers, only four RBI uh, through. Uh, doesn't show. I hate their stats the way they they put their stats in the PDF format instead yeah, of where no. I can search and 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 move things around. But you know, two two eighty six slug even and the three eighteen on base percentage is, is workable, but not a guy that you're seeing um, do much there. Actually, you know, I mean, you've got the nineteen runs scored, which is is tied for third most, but uh, somewhat In conference or overall. Uh, this is overall. Yeah, so. you probably got something old. Uh, oh, so about tissue or sandal? Tissue. Tissue, yeah. He, um, you know, when I started digging into tissue, but again, here's another guy. Hit 350 against lefties. Okay. They, they have all hit lefties. A uh, kid named Hunter Stokes, 370 against lefties. Uh, Ethan Wilson, 478 against lefties. Sandal, 333 against lefties. All of them are high. Obviously, their right-handed numbers are much, much lower. But Sandal is a guy that should be protected. I'm assuming he's going to be there to protect Wilson because he's been starting for a long time. Uh, ran to his mom and grandma. Uh, mom came in from San Antonio, picked up grandma in Baton Rouge, and came on to Alabama. So I visited with them. They're some nice people. But the, the thing is, you don't let Ethan Wilson beat you. And if Tissue or Sandal isn't getting it done, they're going to struggle. And I'll give you a name that's really struggled that should have been a stalwart for them. His name is uh, Caleb, I'm saying Ballgard. Okay. I believe it's how you pronounce it. That dude, yep. look, he is, so he's redshirted Indiana. Went to junior. Actually, he should have played with at least one of our guys at Iowa Western. Hit 430 at Iowa Western as a redshirt freshman. Goes to McLennan and Waco, and I, that's a tough JUCO. He was hitting 370 when that when 20 ended, and then so he should have been a guy that really picked it up. Well, he's five for his last 40, and he was so he was hitting about 280, and he's five for 40. He's kind of nose dives as they've hit conference. And that hurts because he's a big dude. He's a, he's a, he should have had power. He should have been a guy that was supplanted the middle of their order. And it, ha- it just hasn't happened. And it, again, outside of Wilson, it doesn't look like anybody's been consistent for more than three or four games. But again, you get one guy have a big game. That's what I've seen. And that's what kind of worries me. Catching that one guy on that right night, if he gets the base runners, they can be, they can have, they have some guys that can put up some hurt. So, so we, 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 we mentioned a couple times Sandler, but we really never got into his numbers. What are we looking at there as far as what he's done recently, lefty versus right? Is he the same thing where he's going to yeah. get left-handed pitchers? Yeah, he hits lefties at a 333 clip. You okay. know, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, but, again, he was hitting 328 when the season ended last year. He hit 330 as a sophomore in 19. That's a guy they're expecting a lot out of. Going into conference, he was hitting 330. Now he's hitting 260. You know? They're, they're a lot of them. They've, they've hit conference and they have fallen back, but they played a good non-conference game. That's what's crazy. Um, in now, Sandal's consistent in that he'll get a hit. Now it might be a one for five, but he'll get a hit. So it's been a little bit different. 
But, you know, when I brought up ball, ball guard earlier, he's got six doubles and six home runs. Since conference started, he's got one double. Oh, I'm sorry, two home runs, no doubles. So he did all of his damage early. That, again, there's just a few guys like that that have fallen back that I don't think they were expecting to fall back. Well, let's just hope they don't find their bats over the next two days. No, I mean, because I'm telling you, you know, those guys aren't going to be held down forever. And uh, no, and, no. And, and my hope is that, again, they don't they don't find it this weekend and they don't find it when it comes time for conference tournament time that all of a sudden yeah. they jump up and slap somebody in the face. So. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, on the left handed pitchers, I mean, uh, at, at first, I thought Austin Perrin would, was, uh, uh, would be a candidate for Sunday. But again, I don't think now, after talking with you, that, that we're going to see a left-handed him or Chipper Menard on Sunday, at and least not. starting. Uh, yeah, oh, by the numbers, if you look at it, we want to throw righties. The, probably the, the only lefty I'll put it in, because he doesn't matter, is Tally, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, all of them. I mean, their best hitters, they're, they're 240s, 260s against lefties. I mean, Wilson is, I mean, Wilson's a, a, right, a left-handed hitter now. He's hitting 478 against lefties. He's only hitting 278 against righties. He's their best player by far. So go figure. You know, they just, whatever reason, and, and the sample size is getting big enough. You can take out the, well, they may have faced some tough right-handed pitching. The sample size is getting big enough where they need to do it. But it, it's what you said. You know, they've had a break now, right? You can, we had a, was it after TCU, I think, before Coastal, we had no midweek games. All of a sudden, they practice more. You can kind of flush a few bad habits when you don't practice, when you practice. Uh, inner squad against arms that weren't used. You can flush some bad things because coach can talk to you in between pitches and all. And all of a sudden, our hitting change. Right, we went from striking out 11 and a half to striking out seven and a half at times. So you, you worry that this gap may have helped them with the rainouts. They got two extra days of practice indoor. They, you know, they can find something, but there's too much talent for them to be hitting what they're hitting. Well, look. You brought up the last, the last, what we've been, what we've been doing the last, uh, last 11 games, nine and two, 305 batting average, 404 on base, slug of 508. And then you get an OPS at 912 as a team. I, I think that, that, that is a, uh, that is a, uh, recipe for victories. And, and that's what, again, that's what is so puzzling is that South is seven and four but only has a, a 593 OPS as a team, but they're seven getting, and four. But they're getting, because it's when they're getting their hits. I know yeah. it sounds silly to say it, but that's oh. what it is. No, it's it, when it, they're getting them. It, it, it's baseball. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, Coach Rove talked about it. It is hard to get three hits in a row. So you're going to have to steal that base. You're going to have to get that double. You're going to have to get that triple every now and then. Um but, you know, the, again, but they only have 10 doubles and 11 home runs over the course of those 11 games and 44 RBI to our 75, uh, 74. And right. there's 61 hits to our 114. But it's all about timing, like you said. Great point. Great point. Um, well, look, they beat Troy game one. They beat him 6 nothing, right? They had six hits. They beat him game, beat Troy game two, 6-3. They had seven hits. They're not, you're not seeing the, uh, the big output. The runs and the hits are getting pretty close to being equal. So they had two more hits against Troy than run scored for the weekend in three games. They're just, they're, they're getting hits either in bunches or they're getting them together to where they count. When they get them, they count. Well, what was more surprising to you that they swept Troy or they got swept by Little Rock? Swept by Little Rock. Sweeping somebody's hard. Sweeping somebody is hard. Is hard. 
but getting swept at Little Rock, they should not have gotten swept at Little Rock. They, again, I'm going back to the, you have too much talent, you know, look, and they, in one of the games, they lost to Little Rock nine, eight, they had six hits, but they gave up a five spot in the bottom of the ninth to lose the game. You know, it's when things aren't going good, they just aren't going good. We've, we've been a part of that. That Southern Miss series was for us was that exact thing. It just, things weren't going right. Yeah. The, uh, the, Getting swept was really shocking. I would, I would like to, uh, uh, I would like to play that series again. I know we can't, and, uh, and, right. but you know, in in South Alabama, to their credit, now midweek games, we all know they're a little different, but at the same time, they they took the series from uh, they two nothing over Southern Miss. So uh, yeah. we we, and again, I don't looking at the numbers is one thing. I'm I'm a statistical guy. This is what I do in my in my in my day job. I crunch numbers. Uh, I, I deal with analytics. I, I, I basically put, put together bids for our company to, to what, what we should bid on and what we shouldn't. So I'm a numbers guy, but at the same time with South Alabama, I mean, just, just the history between the two teams and the way they've been winning, throw the numbers out. We're, yeah. we're, we're going to see some baseball this over the next 24 hours and it should be fun. Um, and everything. So well, we'll find out about the head of the park now. Okay, well, just just a couple couple quick things. We're, we're, uh, I just noticed that the uh, the coastal coastal uh, Georgia Southern game just just Man. finished. Uh, coastal won eight to six. Oh, they came back. They, they came back six three. Oh, yeah, wow. they Thank put good. up a five or a six spot uh, oh, in, in in like the fifth or sixth inning, six six or seventh inning. Uh, so, but you know the um, I just want to talk. I, I, this the last couple of days i mean i hate that we didn't play but the nice part about it is that i was able to listen to our friends from georgia southern danny reed and colin yep. lacy and it was fun to listen to them it was fun to get a different perspective and um and throughout the series they talked a lot about what the cajuns were doing uh so it, it was nice but uh, georgia for those that don't know georgia southern won the first two games of the series and just dropped the last one so but well brad i appreciate your time for those yes, that are those that are listening in, uh, on the pod, if you want the latest and update when we're dropping our podcast, follow us on Twitter at, um, oh my gosh, I had it up and I, we, <laughs> we are talking to W-E-A-R-E-T-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-O-O-O. We're talking. Uh, the podcast is not only about Cajun sports and uh, baseball, but I'm hoping Brad will join us later on once baseball is over and talk some MLB. We're going to, we're going to throw down some smack talk between the Braves and the Reds who the Reds are the most dominant team in baseball. No, they're not actually, they're They're, not. No, they're winning. No, they're They're the Dodgers are the, the Braves are playing well. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. The Dodgers don't count. They're they're too good. Yeah. It's good right now, but I know you've got to be happy watching the Yankees kind of fall flat on their face as well. So I'm not, not liking it. (laughs) Well, anything else you got for us? I know you got to get ready for the game, and you guys are heading over there. But uh, no, just getting ready, just getting ready for this game, and getting ready to go back to my real job, like you. That's about it. All right. Well, thank you, Brad. Again, for those everybody that's been Brad, Brad Topham. He's been our he's our color guy for baseball now. Is this year three or four? Year three. Year three. Year three. Okay. Um, I think. Wait. Year four, actually. No, thank you. Look, last year messed me up. Yeah. Uh, third year going full time. Fourth year since I started doing home games. Well, good deal.
appreciate your time as always, Brad. We'll talk some more Major League Baseball, and and hopefully we can grab you maybe next week and talk some more about the upcoming series at Little Rock. Yeah, we'll be in Little Rock. We're going up on Thursday, so we'll be available on Friday. Let me know. Okay, sounds great. Perfect. Thanks again, Brad. We'll talk to you later. All All right. Bye. Bye.